Oh, yeah, it's time to leave your spouse, move to L.A., write and direct a play, get a lawyer, get into a huge fight, and just generally be depressing. Because on this episode of Geeked Up Presents Netflix and Chat, we watched Marriage Story. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me as always, fighting for custody of this podcast, is Liam Whalen. Yo, why? (laughs) (laughs) I had to give you half of my yo-yo-yos, this fucker. uh... (laughs) You took half my catchphrase in the settlement. Although I got the studio, so I guess that really worked out well for me. I guess, I guess. I got the uh, the Adam Driver short end of this one. Um, I was expecting a screaming, yo, yo, yo! <laughs> but uh, I like half the yo, why? <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I've, well, been, what, uh, I've been waiting yeah, on that one. That's, that's pretty good. But uh, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got a uh, very different one for you than we did uh, last episode of Netflix and Chat. I know, far less redneck uh, than than Tiger King, unfortunately. Way less funny accents. Yeah, yeah. everything above. Just a, a totally different mindset this time. But, uh, of course, check out that back catalog. Of course, the last one we did was Tiger King. Check out uh, the last two episodes of the regular Geek Up podcast, which was uh, Life in Coronaville, part one and part two. <laughs> yes, we kind of covered the I, whole uh, phone situation, but I think people are starting to get it, you know. Yeah, I, exactly. We happened to uh, record at my house, so I uh, I, I drew, like uh, like Devin said, uh, I drew the Scarlett Johansson uh, side, and, and I get to stay in sunny Los Angeles over here, and Devin's stuck, <laughs> over, uh, stuck in Brooklyn doing the podcast, but... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real shame, but yeah, I guess that's why it sounds like I'm calling in, because I am calling in. <laughs> but, so we've been um, actually teasing this one for a while, the marriage story, all the way back since our uh, Geeked Up Oscar special. Yes, all the way back, uh, as we'll talk about, I guess, in here, but this was uh, actually a golden ticket uh, uh, due to its, like, Oscar, due to some Netflix Oscar bait that we had here. But so a long time coming, and then I guess we had you know a little bit of a delay because uh, uh, you were sick for a while, <laughs> potentially with corona, and then uh, <laughs> then coronavirus hit New York City, and everything got delayed. And then the last one we had to uh, give you the pop culture craze that was Tiger King. So been on the shelf for a little while, but. I guess thrilled as ever to get into the laugh a to the laugh a minute tale that was the marriage story. Yeah, like you told me uh, off mic, like any good marriage, this one took some work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> this was uh, had to really be ded- dedicated to getting through this one. I would have but just joined like the fifty percent that go for, that go for the divorce halfway through, but. <laughs> So like I was saying, this is uh, one of the few Netflix movies we've done that actually got nominated for a bunch of awards. Uh, that's why we uh, had it kind of teamed up with our Oscar Geeked Up special. And yes, it was, it was down the... to this or two poops in terms of the Netflix. <laughs> yeah. But we did have a two uh, uh, Netflix Oscar nominated. As I guess, though, the two poops was uh, what was there? They didn't have like the major noms. That they had uh, best started. actor and best supporting actor, but oh, not okay. best picture. <laughs> but they were nominated for best picture, which is ironic for a movie that's called The Two Popes, and they're both nominated for best actors, but the movie wasn't the best. <laughs> I mean, very. I could make the very similar argument as we'll get into at a certain point here for Marriage Story, but 
I guess. Sure, we'll, uh, sure. But that being the uh, – uh, and then as well, another uh, Netflix movie, but of course one of the big smash sensations of Oscar season was, of course, The Irishman. So yet yeah. a third big – and but we had already done our golden ticket on The Irishman for the uh, for the Oscar special. So it was down to The Marriage Story or uh, Two Popes, of course. But – so three, but in total three this year after Roma's success last year, three total mm-hmm. uh, Oscar-nominated movies for Netflix this year. Yeah, Roma had a bunch of uh, awards nominated for the Oscars. The Irishman had a bunch of awards nominated. Uh, Irishman actually didn't win. Fuck all though. It got a bunch of noms: best director, best actor, best supporting actor, best picture. <laughs> yeah, none of it. Uh, no, for sure, no, and, and very deserving. So I felt because Irishman was a fun movie, but definitely it was this the, the hype and the talk just because it was Scorsese and De Niro and Pesci. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, probably a cut below some of the other actual movies this year. So. Happy that it got that everybody got their you know moment of recognition because everybody loves them so much in pop culture. But that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's about all. That. That's Although, all uh, as we'll get into later, there was somebody missing from that crew that uh, uh, stole the show <laughs> in another movie we're about to do a podcast about. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so much so that we question if he even acts anymore. Boy, I know that's in right. A big way. Yeah, uh, uh, scrap what we said in that episode on Irishman when we go out when we go in our where the hell's Leota whole thing, but yeah, and then let's not get in our whole where's DiCaprio debacle Irishman theory too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other story. But like I said, Irishman didn't win anything. Roma at least won best foreign film and best director, and then was nominated for like best picture, best actress, best supporting actress, best screenplay. Yep, yep, and as well was way more of like a. You know, indie feature than, of course, The Irishman, but uh, even The Marriage Story with having two huge, like, American stars anyway. I'm not sure if uh, Valizio Apricia is is crushing it in Mexico like ScarJo is in the States, but there's, like, you know, two of the really uh, leading – and same thing with uh, Two Popes with Anthony Hopkins and, of course, uh, uh, the other poop. (laughs) But who was the second guy? I I keep on forgetting. Uh, I forget his name. He was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay, I see. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, his name no, is no, no right ScarJo, obviously. <laughs> no ScarJo doesn't yeah. quite have the doesn't quite have the resume of ScarJo, but and she was on fire this year. She was uh, nominated for best. I mean, before, I'll get into it. Like, like I said, the MDB breakdown, but she was nominated for best actress in this, and then best supporting actress in JoJo Rabbit. Also, yes, she was, uh, on fire. This was her year. Didn't win either, but no, definitely still. a huge year. As well, uh, uh, both uh, have been in like the more more the geeked up stuff actually, but the more major you know uh, uh, major market stuff with Star Wars and the Mar and the Avenger series. So uh, Black Widow was also in Avenger Endgame, which was probably the biggest movie of the last couple of years anyway. So ScarJo just really absolutely man. Uh, and you, all things considered, ScarJo just all over the place. Yeah, really. I mean. Big, big Adam, is, Adam Driver and uh, Alan Alda should definitely be taking half of her cut. You know what I mean? If we if we want to get into it, but I mean Alan, I mean Alan Alda for sure. But I'd say, no, uh, no, I'm just Adam joking. Driver's I'm sorry. Like we'll talk about Star the movie Wars. later. But if we're talking uh, Adam Driver's cash for Scarlett Johansson's cash for the year, I'd say Scarlett oh, yeah. Scarlett's oh, yeah. got to blow him out of water. You know, are taking, are taking half for sure. But but um. I guess I should get that into then the official IMDb breakdown of this movie. 
Marriage Story came out in 2019. It is rated, what are you guessing? It's a Netflix movie. Okay, I mean, it's a Netflix movie where there's it's totally PG rated. I guess there's a couple of curses and whatnot, but I got to give it the uh, uh, Netflix stamp of TVMA. <laughs> All right, rated R. Okay, interesting. I guess this does kind but of work gets- into our theory of... You know, ones that uh, are, have potential theater p- uh, possibility or, like, Oscar nominations, them wanting to give those official ratings. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you would figure just from, uh, from Netflix's sake it would be a TVMA. But definitely an R rating would be the appropriate rating. For sure, yeah. It, it is. But I would say, yeah. I guess, too, I think it's the difference between, like, a Netflix-made movie and a movie that Netflix bought. Yeah, yeah, that's but... usually one of the uh, factors, too. But it's got a runtime of two hours and seventeen minutes. Yeah. And it's in classic like it Star Wars and Avengers minutes. fashion, we could definitely shave off fucking thirty minutes in this goddamn <laughs> movie. But for sure, uh, yeah. And there was no post-credit scene either. I waited till the very end. <laughs> yeah. What gives? Um, it's categorized as a comedy drama romance. <laughs> You're joking. The You're joking about the comedy, oh, right? Not even close, man. Comedy drama romance. Are you being serious? I really felt the laughs rolling in on this one. Wow. That could, like, is it possible that the, that the, that the website was hacked? And, that's, and then, <laughs> yeah. like, the funniest pranker ever put that in there? Because, yeah, definitely not a comedy anywhere. There's not a fucking laugh to be had in this goddamn movie. Yeah, I think the voice lawyers around the world like loved it. Thought it was really <laughs> funny. So maybe they're like one of the IMDb reviewers. Uh, their official breakdown of the movie is Noah Bombash's. I'm not sure the guy Bombax. That's the director. Noah Bombax's incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together. It was directed by Noah Bombach, right? Written by him. I know it's based off of he wrote it. This is a little side note. He wrote it about his divorce with uh, a famous actress whose name I'm now forgetting. Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. To. Jennifer Jason Lee from like Mallrats fame and whatnot? Not Mallrats fame, from, um, from uh, Fast Times fame. Okay, okay, yes. All right. Fast Times fame. So this is kind of, he based that kind of off his divorce from her. Which makes sense why everybody in this movie is some Hollywood elitist asshole. Yeah. A, uh, I mean, even though Bombach, the only other thing was he was, uh, I think, the Squid and the Whale was like a famous movie from him. But I'm not, like, I don't even sure. know what uh, I don't even know what the hell else he's been up to in the last fucking ten years. He directed the uh, Myowitz stories, which was that uh, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler movie on Netflix, actually, that we haven't reviewed. Okay, one of the Sandler draws. In our box. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. God we got Ridiculous Six and not the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. All right, but so he was the Myowitz files, and that, that was Sandler, and who else was in that? That was, that was, that was like, like Buscemi Stiller, or somebody, Adam right? Sandler, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, Dustin Hoffman, okay, yeah, I knew there was somebody else in it that was, uh, that was good. Um, all right, so Bombax, so he's so... Uh, not exactly, you know, smash hits, but he's done some some good work, I guess. And I guess the top cast in this, we'd say Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Alan Alda, Laura Dern, and of course, uh, I'm throwing it out there, top cast here, Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, definitely get into Liotta earlier, uh, later, 
but definite, you know, uh, a big a big enough role to deserve some uh, major recognition. And then let's just give it a quick um, Rotten Tomatoes guess. You know, these ones are going to be high because of all the awards it was nominated. Actually, let me just tell you, give you a quick breakdown of some of the awards it actually was nominated for. I know uh, it was nominated for it won for Best Supporting Actress by Laura Dern. Okay, so we got a winner there. On behalf of the Geek Depth Show, congratulations go out to Laura Dern for playing the biggest uh, C-word in the history of film. (laughs) Yeah, really. We'll get into that later. (laughs) Also, um, it was nominated for Best Picture of the Year, uh, Best Leading Actress with Scarlett Johansson, Best Leading Role Actor for Adam Driver, and Best Original Screenplay. Not Best Director, but Best Picture. So, uh, in your face, bomb back, but uh, (laughs) definite some good, some good resume. You know, a very, very strong resume behind it. Then, for uh, at least the uh, for the Oscar bait, you know, the Rotten Tomato review. uh, I'm gonna make you guess this time, just because. Yeah, I'll throw out a guess, but I'd give it a ballpark 75, somewhere in that range. I'd say I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that it's like a beloved radio uh, Rotten Tomato smash. Uh, critic review gives it ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, fans, the people have spoken, and they give it an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow! All right, all right. I'm uh, as usual a little love. closer, a little more with the peeps than the critics, but that surprises yeah. me though. Yeah. yeah, very uh, very liked the movie. I I expected that from the critics, but yeah, the critics don't surprise me. But yeah, they give ridiculous six zero percent. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the final straw when they uh <laughs> yeah really i mean what nonsense is that but i guess that again will give you bring us to our official plot rundown of this movie the geek up boys imdb gave you theirs we'll give you ours yeah and, and i think we'll try to give you a little bit more of an abbreviated version because for a two hour movie, this kind of really was like a, a, a look into uh, just their lives over the course of like a year, you know, plus long divorce procession. So it's not exactly <clears throat> tons by way of like plot development or like a normal movie where you'd kind of really have to like track what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And for sure. And like we said, like you said, it was two hours and 60 minutes and I felt like I was really being ran through the courts. For it, man. I was. Uh, I wanted this over as quickly as Alan Alda did. <laughs> I know, seriously. But I guess the movie really starts off with kind of uh, them doing the narrating of all the nice things about one another. You know, Adam Driver's narrating all the things he likes about. Oh, by the way, I'm going to start calling him Kylo Ren and Black Widow. <laughs> I think it's enough enough. So. Kylo Ren is... Yeah, I'm going to stick breakdown. with Driver and ScarJo, but definitely not going to uh, remember their character names in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Kylo Ren is giving... No, we'll do Driver and ScarJo. Adam Driver is giving a quick just like rundown of everything that's great about ScarJo. ScarJo is doing the same thing about him. And then you realize it kind of cuts to a mediator's office and the letters that he had them write about each other and I'm not reading. And yeah. you realize just from the rip that this couple is in the middle of a divorce. Yeah, yeah. Definitely cuts to, uh, I guess, like, not, uh, was that a, a therapist or, like, a direct... The mediator. Mediator. Of just, like, the guy that tries to, uh, you know, before you go into full divorce proceedings, 
uh, you know, you try and get someone to just try to see if you can how you're going to work this out before you lawyer up and do everything. Also played by just I kind of throw this one out here, Robert Smigel of like <laughs> okay, writing yeah. Conan O'Brien SNL fame. He's, I guess, probably uh, most famous maybe for the cartoons on SNL, the ambiguously gay duo out, and whatnot. Yeah. But I'd say the last time like I saw him on screen or film was in like Happy Gilmore or whatnot, where I think he played the uh, the uh, one of the lawyers or the banker or somebody in Happy Gilmore. But he was, yeah. you know, he would be like in you know very cameo appearances in like '90s SNL character movies. But uh, yeah, I don't know how he landed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I was like, is that Smigel? <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely opens up to this couple. as, uh, And then ScarJo immediately storms out of stupid meeting, which I got to be I gotta be honest, I'd probably be on her side in that whole thing. Where when I had yeah, smoke, agreed. When I had like an overly eager driver being like, no, I wrote my letter. I'm, I think mine's very good. I'm excited to give mine. And Smigel's sitting yeah. there, eh, that's fair. Like, you know what, I'm, I'm going through with this divorce officially. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a lawyer. This is bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to get a high-powered but, attorney. Uh, and... Find out, I guess, through all that, too, that he's a screenwriter, uh, director, play director, trying to put a play on Broadway that she was the star of. She's actually moving to L.A. to film a pilot, and she's going to take the kid out there with him. He thinks he's going to be uh, part-time. You know, she's uh, looking to live out there full-time now. And it's just basic... Uh, yeah, you know, divorce kind of logistical stuff. That. I guess he was uh, not just like a, a playwright bringing a play to Broadway, but he had like a whole company that they had worked on that he was kind of in head of for the uh, X number of years. And then I guess as well, all of her family was out in Los Angeles. That's where she was from, and her you know uh, family was still located so she had like roots out there and everything which will come up yeah, later in the divorce uh, processions but for sure the whole family her on her whole side of the family too are all actors also everybody in this movie is not normal you know you're not watching the story of like a normal family getting a divorce <laughs> yes. you know, like, which is a very interesting actress her sister's an actress <laughs> yeah Exactly, which is a very interesting factor about this movie, I think, and uh, probably not, in my book, maybe not the best choice for Bomb Back in some directions, but it's definitely not very relatable to for like a marriage sure. story and for a movie that I felt was kind of more promoted and supposed to be like a, a, a pretty accurate glimpse at like a mundane fact of life that or not mundane but like you know what I mean a uh, no uh, absolutely you know like a not like really fabricated family. yeah like an average family going through a real life situation and the movie wasn't really going to be very Hollywood you know they weren't going to Hollywood the whole thing up a lot I thought however. It's, you know, two very, very high-profile personalities that as well just in terms of, like, a marriage gone wrong, it's, like, very fundamental differences in their personalities and their lives that would make it very difficult to go along with any type of marriage or relationship, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when b both of them are very dedicated to pursuing high-profile jobs on opposite coasts. That's not the like really the main crux of most marriages breaking up and most divorces, you know what I mean? So they kind of lost you a lot on the relatability factor. A hundred percent. A hundred a hundred percent. Yeah, you know. that's exactly what I was saying. Um, then, but 
yeah, you kind of find out then that throughout like the dialogue and everything that they kind of want an easy divorce. You know, when she he gets served the papers when he goes to visit L.A., you can tell that they're still kind of friendly. They're going to try and keep things very, uh, you yeah. know, very cool and collected. Like and it's then... not one of these flare up divorces out of like passionate hatred. It's kind of they're Correct. definitely still trying to relate, keep a, an amicable relationship for them, and definitely both very committed in their. What would their kid be like? You know, figure like ten years old or something like that. I guess we should mention something him. Like that, yeah, we should mention him at some point in this thing too. They do have a kid that's. Uh, you know, like like we said, ten years old or so. That's yeah, obviously that's the, 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 the main focal the point real, of the divorce. Yeah, is the whole custody aspect of it. Yeah, is there? That's the, really the whole main uh, argument of the divorce and everything. Well, really, the because, main like argument said, of the divorce is not even custody because they're both like very amicable about that, and it's not one of these divorces where the white, like the uh, one family, is trying to totally cut the other people out of the other uh, kid's life. But the main argument I'd say would be the move to L.A., where they she's from L.A., she's got a big job opportunity there. He's a very dedicated, douchey New Yorker that hates L.A. for no reason and loves riding well, the sure. train back to Brooklyn, you know, with his nine-year-old. But without the, without the kid, why would he give a shit if he was moving to L.A. or not? You know, so yeah, I mean that's true. The kid moving to L.A., but just in general, it's not like it's that kind of divorce where it's uh, Mm -hmm. you know they're both very they both want the other person in the kid's life and also amicable, you know, uh, for sure. But then lo and behold, you know she gets served, and then you know old Scarjo's a little upset, so she ends up getting a lawyer played by Laura Dern. Yep. And uh turns out really nice to her, but turns out she's kind of a hard as nails, gonna get you for everything lawyer. You know? Yeah. Cutthroat uh, C word to the tenth degree. But really played like an amazingly hateable job because she's so nice and sweet, but in like the fakest, most Los Angeles way. You know what I mean? Oh, you could just sure, tell she's yeah. totally untrustworthy. And she's, I'll give you, the, I'll give you those cookies. You know, you, you know, I, I don't want your cookies, Dern. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I'll take the cookies, but uh, you don't trust her. You know what I mean? Like. For sure. 100%. And then she pulls the old trick from the uh, uh, from the Sopranos, of course, and I guess a lot of other divorce things, but where you go see all of the other lawyers around town Correct. to really handcuff yes. your stupid husband. But so she's yeah. up to, like, all of the divorce, the, the, the sneaky divorce tactics 101. So much so that he wasn't even, uh, driver wasn't even going to get a lawyer until she calls him up and is like, hey, look, we gave you 30 days. If you don't uh, get a lawyer, we're just going to take you for everything. Did we're she even read the custody. emails? That passive-aggressive bitch, fucking darn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he, so he uh, has to get a lawyer. He uh, goes out to L.A. He first meets with, uh, I guess, the male version of her, which would be Ray Liotta. The yes. toughest nails, just sleazy divorce lawyer. Like, this bitch, we're going to take her for everything. Yeah, yeah. And, Total high-profile lawyer, like you said, fast-talking, yeah. you know, uh, no-nonsense. The Leota we all know and love. Exactly. And the and the big... Um, the, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll get into Leota later, but... Uh, you know, great role by Leota, but then he can't. It's like uh, he gives the hilarious. I'm ten thousand dollars. He's fourth. If you got any stupid questions, you call Tony. <laughs> anything, yeah, anything important, yeah, yeah, you call yeah. me. But he's anyway. You got to give like a twenty-five thousand dollar retainer for uh, Leota, who's got an office uh, overlooking the hills. 
Absolutely, man. It's uh, so he can't yeah, afford Leota. Big time, and he's, he's stupid expensive. Yeah, like yeah twenty five thousand dollar retainer, a thousand like thousand an hour. hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. He can't afford them, and you can kind of tell he doesn't want to go down that road. And like you said, they pulled the old Sopranos move where he goes around to look for other lawyers. She's already kind of consulted with all of them, so he gets stuck with uh, with a lawyer next to a back and whack. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's walking through a massage parlor parking lot, and then. Who is, you know, generally a nice guy. I mean, he says it to him, you've talked to me like a person. No and I might have talked over you, but it's played by Alan Alda. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I talked to I might have been talking over you. Oh. But. Sure, yeah. Played by Alan Alda, who, you know, he's already that, like, on-screen nice guy. Yep. Great um, role by Alan Alda. We'll get into him yeah, a, I mean, a little bit later it. as well, but. Yeah. Much cheaper, uh, much friendlier, you know, talks like a person, a man of four marriages and three divorces himself. <laughs> yeah. That wants to appro- approach the whole divorce proceedings with a clear head and logic and uh, uh, the best interest of the child at heart. So, of course, uh, of course, he's going to get eaten Absolutely. alive by hilarious Dern. Yeah, when they finally have the sit down of the lawyers... Lord Dern again, super friendly in the biggest way possible, and then just realizes they sidebar, and Alan Alden just kind of tells him, like, look, dude, you might as well settle. The L.A. thing happened. Uh, yeah, know, great and, sidebar and, by Alda. He just sidebars. He's just like, and then they cut to them, and like in this tiny little office, like, man, she is a tough cookie, huh? Wow, what a lawyer! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, man, I would settle, dude. Like, she is fucking. Did you hear her in there? Like, Jesus Christ, she was. Yeah. She was eating she me alive. Me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and lets him know, like, look, I'll do whatever you want, but I'm giving you my advice that I'm going to get fucking creamed in there. <laughs> yeah. He tries to tell some obnoxious hour-long joke that Adam Driver's like, look, I paid for this goddamn joke. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, that, that like I was really hoping that to have some like meaningful scene because Aldo was just doing such a great job. But then I don't even I didn't even get it. What the joke? Like, did they did they even was I supposed to get the meaning of that little proverb that Aldo was? Because I was expecting wisdom from no. from Aldo. I honestly didn't. Yeah, didn't know either. But it kind of lets you lead you to believe that he listens to his advice. You know what I mean? That he's going to uh, settle. Uh, give her the LA thing, you know. Then at least then they'll back off on a lot of other things. We're gonna save a lot of money. Yeah, and I guess the two hundred fifty thousand dollars grant that he got for his play. Okay, that's true. He did get a big uh, uh, genius grant for his theater company. Okay, that's uh, supposed to go for the whole company. But of course, Dern wants to take half of that money out of the pockets of the mm-hmm. people and into stupid ScarJo. But again, the whole thing came down to even at this uh, point of the divorce procession was that Driver did not want to budge on the uh, uh, L.A., the family moving to L.A. And I guess uh, uh, ScarJo did kind of manipulate the situation by filing in Los Angeles and, like, presented it to the courts. Like, their family was an L.A.-based family when they had, like, the kid's entire life had lived in New York and everything. But really, that was the big, you know, like, Alda even said, like, if you give up L.A., we can get out of here today very, very peacefully. And Stupid Mm -hmm. uh, Driver, which was another part of the movie that I felt maybe we'll get into a little bit later, but Driver was very just, like, unlikable throughout the whole movie, you know what I mean? In my book. 
to some extent, yeah, I can kind of see what you're about. You know what I mean? Where he was just very, like, you know, uh, just selfish in the... I guess we'll, we'll, we'll break down the argument later. So, uh, a teaser alert sure. there, I, I guess, for my thoughts. But the, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the whole uh, L.A. versus New York move was the, you know... So then to kind of circumvent that... You know, all, all the pretty For much sure. gives him the ultimatum. It's either L.A. or you know, or, 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 or uh, and we can leave now, or you're fucked. As long as I'm your yeah, lawyer. And, it, and then kind of cuts to Laura Dern and ScarJo sitting in the courtroom, and she's telling him like, "Look, we're all good here. Like, there's a couple little like things we need to iron out, but he's going to give us L.A. We're all good." I talked down all the. We pretty much got this in the bag. And then the highlight of me in the movie is when she looks up and sees fucking easy, big, red-faced Ray Liotta walking down the hall. <laughs> oh, crazy eyes himself. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, this changes everything. I think that was my one time where I got off the couch and they like, woohoo. <laughs> finally like, some no. action. Henry Hill's yeah. about to start fucking uh, chopping some people up. But... Yeah, uh, uh, Leota's power walk through the courthouse lobby was amazing. <laughs> and then Dern's reaction was, oh, this is going to be a dog fight. This is, uh, yeah, this is not fun. good. And then it, it does cut to a very great, like, uh, stereotype, movie-dramatized courthouse shootout where Dern and Leota were just fucking going at each other. But really, really high-level... Uh, to kill a mockingbird style uh, 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 courthouse sure. testimony, or even like a, a few good men, you can't handle. This <laughs> yeah, <fruit>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then they're getting well, sure. into each other's like closets. Uh, uh, so let me ask you. Uh, 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 and they're getting into just like skeletons in the closet where Leota's calling out her drinking. And uh, yeah. I guess Dern brings up something we haven't brought up in this whole situation. But Driver did bang one of the theater chicks that worked in the company. Oh, yeah, the little mousy uh, stage assistant. <laughs> yeah, the way less hotter than ScarJo stage assistant. But uh, yeah. so that, of course, does mean go uh, carry a lot of weight in a divorce procession. Me and you definitely uh, uh, <laughs> glanced over a, a major fact in a wife's uh, a decision to get a divorce yeah. when the husband cheats on him. So definitely. Sure. So that was a factor that comes out. So it's a bloody courthouse procession anyway. It really is. Yeah. I mean, like, like you're saying, they did all the things that they kind of warned each other about that. They didn't want to do it. They're calling her an alcoholic. He's talking about how she hacked his email. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so that was another thing that it, came to light. It's just as ugly as, it's really as ugly as it could be. And then, uh, I guess it cuts to them trying to, cuts to her showing up, ScarJo showing up to a driver's apartment to kind of have like a, you know, sidebar themselves and kind of talk about maybe how they can work this out. Which then just escalates into one of the most epic, just fucking couple breakup fights of all time. <laughs> yeah, really, all really great through. scene. Really high level, just couple argument. It was probably like a twenty, fifteen to twenty minute long, uh, a minute long scene too. Like it lasted a while, but yeah, they went over there with the intentions of like uh, uh, the the courtroom is getting too vicious. Let's settle this ourselves. And as the viewer, you're thinking that this is probably uh, going to be the beginning, you know, of the of, of the amical of the amical breakup. <laughs> but in instead, it deteriorates into total shit show. 
Yeah, it's total madness. Like just saying the ugliest things you could think of to say to somebody. Yeah. I wish you were dead. Like just everything terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But really good, but really uh, well uh, uh, executed. Probably the highlight, the ultimate climax of the movie was that crazy argument. If if not, if it wasn't the courthouse, the hilarious courthouse argument, it was like the real-life drama of the uh, Driver ScarJo argument. For sure. Absolutely. I guess after that, it kind of just kind of cuts to him now being back in New York, kind of telling uh, his theater company about everything that's been going down you don't really know exactly what happened yet in the whole court case uh cut to adam driver just i don't even know if this is supposed to be a karaoke bar but just cuts to him singing a random steven sondheimer song <laughs> yeah very weird again very long as well and again i feel like i kind of missed too. the boat at this point i had stopped tuning into the at this point i, I wasn't paying as atten- uh, attention as close as i was fucking an hour and a half earlier but really kind of missed sure. the boat I mean, on what really the hell happened in that karaoke it. song yeah and then i guess it's kind of flash forward I mean, flash forwards, but cut to it's Halloween. To the third or fourth Halloween in this goddamn movie. Yeah, by (laughs) by the way, Halloween, this could be a classic Halloween movie. It might be uh, re-airing this one on Halloween this year. Yeah, much like Die Hard and and, and Christmas, (laughs) randomly. This is uh, randomly a Halloween classic for the amount of costumes. What's your favorite Halloween movie? Usually Marriage Story, bro. (laughs) I know. They go all out, man. Those costumes were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, especially the the, but, uh, the the last Halloween when the whole family's going as the Sgt. Pepper album, except stupid drivers get left in, which I would have murdered the whole family if I get left plain clothed while everybody goes, well, I gotta go trick-or-treating with the Sgt. Pepper album. Yeah, but his Invisible Man was pretty epic, too, I'll tell you that. I know, that was the year before, though. That was, uh... That was the year before. That was the year before. <laughs> By the way, the, the, the 11-year-old looked real thrilled to be the fucking Ringo in, like, the Sgt. Pepper He's like, can't I be Frankie? Yeah. Can I be a ninja like last year? This is bullshit. Yeah. The, I don't want to be a fucking beetle. Who are the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> you know what, kid? I tried to, I tried to get you Frankenstein last year. You wanted to be a ninja. Now you're, now you're screwed. All right. Yeah, I want to be someone from Yo Gabba Gabba. And I guess you kind of learned that in the end it was a 60-40 uh, split because it's really implied that she is living in L.A. Yeah, she right? he ultimately gave, I guess it did as well, have like a uh, 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 another like uh, uh, observer, like a parent, uh, child, divorce, counselor, kind of observer come in and like assess both of their lives and whatnot and then give that, you know, into the judge's consideration. Yeah, that random fucking turn, dude, where he uh, screws up the knife trick and I was like, dude, did yes. he actually kill himself? Dude, does he is die this in this gonna, movie? Like, yeah, is this movie gonna end with him just bleeding out on the floor? And like, I guess ScarJo wins, and then everyone yeah. thinks he tried to kill. He killed himself. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. No, but I had the same uh, impulse reaction as well. But the chick that played the uh, a fucking dopey, uh, you know, like assessment counselor or whatever, she was pretty hilarious in her. Just like, yeah, yeah, in her. Maybe that was the comedy aspect in it. Yeah, dude, comedy. I have no idea what they're talking about, but uh, was ultimately the they definitely the did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess there was some. Yeah, there's some laughs there, but uh, 
Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, though, like you said, it does end with, you know, ScarJo raising the kid in, in L.A. Driver, she actually got nominated for an Emmy for her stupid TV show. That is well, I hate how in for these... For directing an episode. For directing an episode, yes. But again, I hate as well, uh, a side note, but the lack of respect that television shows always get in anything where there has to be like the look, oh, she was just a dopey sitcom. And it was like out of the whole staff working on it, she was the only one with the artistic integrity of like the baby, you know, it was like and nobody gave yeah. a shit on the set whatsoever because it's a stupid TV <laughs> show except ScarJo, the... <laughs> The arts. I don't know. The, uh, the, the grip. The grip played his cards right. He gave a shit. Yeah, that's for sure. Got the finger bang, uh, David Bowie. Got a little, uh, finger bang. <laughs> yeah. But when the chick is dressed up as a guy, it's definitely like, I, I know, I know she's ScarJo, but she's wearing a fucking tuxedo right now. Like, is this? Am I? Am I uh, I'm in. Yeah, but uh, so I guess. But ultimately speaking, though, and then Driver is gonna finally. I guess his play did end up failing because he had to be too preoccupied with with the divorce proceedings, and ultimately is gonna himself move out to Los Angeles to work on some stupid play at the campus of UCLA. But uh, uh, far play. from off, 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 off Broadway, where he truly, where he truly belongs. And uh, yeah, but at least he got to keep kept his money, is from what I understand. You know, he didn't uh, he didn't lose too much. Although I guess that is pretty much that. Let's just talk about, for instance, and I don't know if this is a real law or if it's just a California law. Why the fuck does he have to pay for thirty percent of her lawyer? Yeah, I mean that's definitely like an age old. Uh, divorce thing you know that that always gets talked about uh i think that they did cover it a little bit they like gave you just the explanation where it's this the, the system is in place for relationships where the uh, woman had not been working had been raising a family and doesn't like have any money and can't afford a lawyer legal representation whatsoever so like they have to have you know uh yeah, it's 2020. That's bullshit. No, for sure. And especially in a situation like this where she's getting an Emmy on a TV, which I know nobody has any respect for TV, but it definitely makes a lot more money than his fucking stupid plays. So the Emmy mm -hmm. that she's getting is, like, more lucrative than his uh, grant that goes for the theater company anyway. You know what I mean? But definitely, you know, I don't know enough about divorce law, but it seems absolutely crazy. And as well, I think in some states, uh, ironically, New York and California, where these two are going to be divorced in either way, I think those are two of the most, like, heavily slanted states kind of in the uh, in the quote-unquote woman's side of things, you know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But maybe in other states, maybe in some of the red states, they've got a different policy, but... Uh, in Cali and New York, apparently, it does make it pretty difficult on the man in some in yeah. some regards. There should be a certain rule then, dude. Everybody's like, all right, you either pay for 30% of it, but then you don't get to get the hoity-toity lawyer during lawyer. Yeah, exactly. You know Your lawyer mean? can't you're be... You're getting Alan Alda. You're getting Alice Alda. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. But... Everyone's getting an Alda, all right? You get an Alda. <laughs> everyone's getting a cheap, nice, affordable Alda. <laughs> yeah, right. The world, if if only the world, if, if if only we lived in a world where all lawyers were like Alan Alda, though. But I guess uh, I uh, really, in essence, though, though, that kind of was the movie. It really was, like we said, a, a glimpse in the life. And I guess they did go, uh, they made their point to have it eclipse two Halloweens to kind of uh, uh, really hammer home the fact that, like, divorces are long, grueling proceedings. And this mm -hmm. movie was supposed to take 
over the course of like 18 months of their lives, you know what For I mean? Sure. Yeah, that's so that was yeah, like, I think 18 months is perfect, yeah. You know, yeah, and that's like, it's not, a, it was a long, hard, financially draining, you know, like they did try to, uh, you know, portray all of that in their por- you know in their por- account of a of a divorce movie you know so all of that stuff should be kind of you know uh, uh factualized yeah and absolutely and i guess even speaking of that too uh you know if you were the outside looking in if you were one of those poor schlubs sitting in that courtroom waiting for your time to go up but you had to watch <laughs> these lawyers uh fighting in front of the judge first of all uh, as somebody that's been in court a lot of courtrooms for uh <laughs> for bs charges uh you never see anything that would be the highlight of anybody's life to get to see leota and dern slug it out in court yeah. like that for sure, be like, no, let him keep going. Dude, if, if that was a real case, when they brought up the drinking, you would have heard, like, oh! <laughs> All the hilarious court rats would have been in there, just like, oh, shit! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> in the case, though, who's, uh, whose side are we going here? Are we uh, Kylo Ren or are we uh, Black Widow? Yeah, I mean, I guess that really is... Uh, you can't help but, but pick a side... In this, and I guess ultimately, my main thought I kind of teased it a little bit earlier, but I just do feel that you know it is a marriage partnership, and there was just never any like he's just like no, the one hundred percent we're not going to move to LA, you know uh, move to LA mm-hmm. when it's just like in terms of a family lifestyle for the uh, kid, just like, you know what I mean, like uh, an apartment in Brooklyn compared to like you know your grandma's house in West Hollywood with all your cousins and all that stuff, like driver never even even considered that just because he was so dedicated to his like shitty off-broadway theater company while well, she's going to be working on like a hollywood set with an emmy like it just made no sense in this case for him to not have any flexibility on giving anything you know i'll agree with you on that the only thing i'd say is that the only kind of thing i'm on his side with is she did kind of come in sneaky style with like the elite lawyer kind of blindsiding him and just being like, oh, by the way, like, it's going to be my way. I know we decided on something friendly, but fuck you. We're going to do this the hard way. Yeah, great call. I agree agree with you that in the end, her case, you kind of had a root for her. Because what's the kid going to do? Live with a fucking babysitter while he's working full time? No, for sure. And as well, I mean, just like we both are, we we both currently live in New York City and you know what I mean, love New York and all, but it's honestly no place to raise like a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old when you're like an off-Broadway theater playwright that's like uh, 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 your biggest character uh, plus is that you're like obsessed and neurotic about your work. So it's just like fucking, you know, uh, uh, that's where, like I brought up earlier, it's a very tough situation. It's like a very polarizing two personalities for like a relatable marriage story because they just what, – what they want are so totally opposite that – and I guess that, that definitely probably happens in a lot of marriages. But it's just like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to find much common ground when one, you know, has a great opportunity in Los Angeles. The other has a great opportunity in New York. So, and just in that situation, ScarJo definitely wins. And also, you do kind of always have to benefit the mom a little bit in a divorce, just because, I mean, growing up, I mean, imagine if you grew up with your with your single father, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like, let's be honest, that would be, uh, uh, the, the ScarJo is definitely, you know, fi- a 55-45 yeah, uh, custody deal was fair for Driver, I'd say. 
that doesn't get fun to your late teens, uh, early 20s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And plus, you know, the argument with L.A., they kept saying, is, think about all the space. Yeah, yeah. No, I all mean, everybody the out there was hilariously pro-L.A., and he was just such a hack New Yorker that couldn't stand it. But it's just like, you know, <laughs> and I get it, dude. Nobody's asking you to move out there when you're 20, but it's just like, you know, no fucking 10-year-old wants to grow up in a fucking studio in Brooklyn, you know? For sure. No, totally nor do they. Nor do they want to dress up as Ringo for Halloween, though. So they're both selfish assholes. Yeah, or Frankenstein, though. <laughs> but but I'd yeah, say, so I guess I'd say more though than anything, the uh, kind of highlight of the movie. Because right now we're not giving it the best portrayal. I'd say definitely the strength of the movie, though, one hundred percent, was in its acting and a lot of great performances, and definitely highlighted by its uh, nominations and Laura Dern winning. But really, really strong acting performances carried the movie as you're watching it for the two hours. You know, absolutely, and that's unarguable about this. How good the acting in it was. Yeah. I mean, it really was because it takes you know it's such a gay depressing not, I don't want to say a boring subject but just a talking subject yeah really, there's know? just no the fun or no you know big plot twists or interesting developments or anything like it's just a, a glimpse in the life of a year and a half divorce proceedings so like how is yeah. this movie good the acting is good is great and really carries it you yeah know? and I think in that aspect like every nomination was deserved uh, I think the win I think her winning was deserved yeah I guess we'll just run through them real quick we got uh, to start off Driver and Scar Joe pretty much much probably one of those people in pretty much every scene one of those two uh, pretty much in every single scene really emotional highs with the uh, uh argument scene like i said is great but both of those both those two as like the lead uh, as the lead actors great job mm-hmm. then we had the uh, supporting ones laura dern was actually the uh like you said one for the uh, supporting actress role, definite great character. Like you'll never not think of her in terms of like a uh, a cunty lawyer, you know. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've never been the biggest Laura Dern fan either, but I think she totally owned like that role. And you're right, she is like this fake sweet in the most L.A. lawyer sleazy lawyer kind of way. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, so really, really crushed that, that lawyer, I guess, uh, drivers, lawyers, as we've talked about, but really breakthrough breakout performance by Leota, who I'm really hoping this is his, uh, Travolta in Pulp Fiction, if you will. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm, really ho- I'm really hoping this spirals a big, uh, a burst for Leota. For sure. It's really Leota just playing to type though. I mean, it's literally the role he was born to play is just. <laughs> Sleazy, red-faced, fucking yeah. About to have a heart attack, divorce lawyer. No, I've got a feeling that he's had a couple of like high-powered divorce attorneys that he's gotten to have like uh, a personal uh, uh, eyewitness <laughs> yeah. account for to research this role. You know? Yeah, trust me, I know how this goes. Yeah, I know how these guys get. But uh, uh, as well, it does bring up what the hell was he doing? Not in the Irishman. If he's still alive and fucking acting this well. But... Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> They couldn't squeeze in one role for him? Nothing? 
but uh, uh, as well. And then uh, on the total other end of the spectrum, but another great character, Alan Alda, like we mentioned, as kind of just the, you know, uh, nice guy, logical, well-approached. But like you brought it up earlier, uh, perfect. Like, he, like he's already such an on-film sweetheart that it was a perfect mm-hmm. casting job for him, you know? Absolutely it was. He was just... And, you know, you you almost feel bad for him getting fired, but you don't, you know, because he was going in there to win. And it yeah. just, like, no, I think that was his advice to fucking with. Stupid Driver was, uh, was you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not the man for the job. I belong telling bad <laughs> jokes about some about some uh, lady in Greece for no reason. Get Leota to fucking win the case. Uh, a couple <laughs> other... I'm not your guy. Yeah, I'm not your guy. A couple other real standout characters, I'd say, but uh, ScarJo's mom and sister were both pretty hilarious. Absolutely. The ditzy Absolutely. mom. I would that... even say. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, the ditzy mom that was like uh, kind of creepily flirtatious with all of the other, with the driver and then her new boyfriend, but just like uh, uh, totally didn't care about the daughter's feelings and her fr- about her friendships with all of their exes and whatnot. Yeah. Still has like a great relationship with the uh, guy that's currently going through divorce and, you know, still hangs out with Chip. ScarJo's sisters. Yeah, I mean, we even mentioned that she's the one that recommends Alan Alda to uh, Adam Driver. Oh, yes. Great call. Like, he calls her up. He's like, Jesus Christ, can you tell me any lawyer she hasn't seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great call. And then as well, her sister was a very, like, daffy chick that you could tell uh, uh, lived in Scarlett Johansson's shadow for her whole life. <laughs> but a very good casting job there. As like you, like, That was a pretty believable family, pretty believable L.A. Absolutely family. Was. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they're all like actors too. Like the mom's money came from like TV sitcoms when she was younger. Okay, um, yes, yes. I would say even the uh, kid that played the role, you know, children okay, actors yes. can make or break a uh, thing. The kid was great. Yes, yes, he really was. He, uh, uh, like you said, was in a lot of the movie. Played a pretty, you know, pivotal role and did a really good job at being. You know, didn't really take you out of it or, yeah, or no. anything. You know, the kid is also the kid from uh, The Plot Against America on HBO right now that we mentioned we're both watching. Yes, as well. And we've even, you actually even talked about that when we brought that show up, that the kid actors are so good. Well, here's the kid actor, the kid from this one. Yeah, there he is again. Yeah. So he really does do a great job. Uh, I guess the other, the only other guy that I had that I wanted to give a special shout out, but in the uh, uh, Smigel cameo role, but the inconceivable guy was one of the yeah. theater, one of the theater guys, the one from what Princess Bride, inconceivable. Princess Bride. Yeah, that He's fucking also dude the, uh, was dopey teacher in Clueless. Okay, great call. Yes, guy from Clueless as well, but he plays but... one of uh, uh, Driver's uh, theater company actors. That's hilariously flamboyant and uh, always, always uh, coming in at inopportune times. No, he'll kill it with the great advice. He's like, right now, sleep is with as many people as you can. Women, yeah. men, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From the uh, shirtless, hu- from the Joe Exotic husbands category. Uh, uh, guys, girls, <laughs> fuck it, it doesn't. Here's what you do: you get a baby tiger, you get a bag full of meth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But that pretty much was like all the characters, kind of our thoughts on the case, our rundown of the movie. And before we get into our official review of our official rating of this movie, uh, this is usually the part of the show where we would do our kicky questions. 
But for this one, you know, I, I know Liam wouldn't see this in the theaters, and this isn't a movie that really warrants a sequel by any means necessary. I don't know. I got to hear so, that Randy of, Newman on the on the big speakers. I, uh... <laughs> so instead of doing kitschy questions, we're going to take a little game from uh, the Keeked Up podcast, and we're going to take a little closer look at something. Klaus and luck. So that was the closer look, something we usually save for the Geeked Up podcast. But like I said, we have really no kitschy question for this one. But for this one, I think we're going to do the obvious closer look at uh, best all-time breakup movies. Yes. And... Breakup divorce movies. I mean, there's the age-old uh, love tale movie and movies that end at the altar. However... Not that many uh, breakup movies, which is, of course, what we're going to be focusing on more. For sure. That's exactly what we're focusing on for. And I will uh, I will kick this one off with a personal favorite of mine, the classic uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yes, which I guess is a divorce classic, however. That is the whole, like, basis of the movie now. I've told the story, I think, on one of the episodes of the Geeked Up before, but uh, I yep. myself am a child of divorce. <laughs> and uh, like I said, when they really were advertising that movie when it came out, they were really focusing on more of it's just Robin Williams dressed up as a goofy old lady and <laughs> yeah. not so much of it's a divorce movie with him and Sally Field breaking up. Yep. But... When my parents told us, me and my younger sister at the time, that they were getting a divorce, me and my dad that same day went to go see Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> in the theaters. And literally in that film, they had the exact conversation with their kids that my parents just had with us. And I think it was my first time experiencing awkwardness. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, yeah, and you guys, first brutal. of all, your dad's definitely a victim of the times because, like, in the 90s at this point, you can't just fucking Google the trailer of Miss Doubtfire to see what it's all about. So, like, you know, you, you literally <laughs> yeah. go on the fact that, like, you, you've heard that it's a smash hit with Robin Williams doing a goofy uh, voice. But who would do would have thunk that it was such a divorce tale in that movie about, like, a father that'll literally never get to see his children, so he has to dress up as the English maid to have any relationship with their kids. And now here you and your dad are. Yeah, watching this totally awkward movie. And then, ironically enough, six months later, I had this six-foot-two, broad-shouldered nanny show up in my house. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely tough, uh, tough pill for your dad to, like... You know, best intentions, but then all of a sudden, fucking, it's like, wait a minute, this is what this movie's about? Yeah, it really blew up into everyone's face. <laughs> Started off strong enough with the whole uh, House of Pain opening scene. I mean, yeah. and you're, you're really... And all in all, it was definitely actually goes down as probably if we were going to do a celebrity go-to guy, Robin Williams, I might just go Miss Doubtfire for my personal... My personal life. I mean, yeah, especially our age. For yeah, sure. exactly. Even better hook. <laughs> yeah, for, I know, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But uh, definitely, but it actually is, though, not, you know, uh, uh, just for you know, your own uh, purposes of the story, but I guess is like a, a divorce tale itself throughout the whole movie. So it would definitely fall in the list. For sure. 
But uh, so I guess that that's for you. I don't have as much personal ties to mine, but I'm gonna go. I guess for me, when I think of the definitive breakup movie, I got I gotta go Swingers. Oh sure. And Barnes, you're, and Barnes, you're totally money, baby. You got those big claws and those big teeth. <laughs> you don't want to hurt the bunny, dude. What a great call. I guess that is the whole thing. Is Favreau is just ninety style bitching about his ex girlfriend. Yep, how yep. sad he is, and always waiting on the phone call. For sure, and I guess great call as well that that actually is a total '90s movie. And if we were doing like an all-time '90s movie, not only is it a '90s classic, but like literally down to them playing NHL PA every fucking uh, uh, a scene, <laughs> yeah. and like there's there's so many things that are so '90s about that movie. But the whole thing is yeah, Favreau just total sad sack breakup, and then it's Vaughn and what Vaughn's hilarious brother, right? Or is that Favreau's brother? What's that? I think Vince Vaughn is just his best friend. Vince Vaughn's his best friend, but then also they've got the other guy. The uh, that's Vaughn's brother, right? Oh, what, Ron Livingston? Yes, exactly. That's right. He played Goofy in Disney World. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that it was Ron <laughs> Livingston, but uh, but yeah, so they that's right. That's such a good call. I wouldn't even consider that a breakup movie, but then when you poke it up, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. And then as well, that would be a couple different genres because that would also be a very L.A. movie. It's like tons of L.A. references and like an L.A. insider kind of movie, oh, like absolutely. an ode to L.A. I think that's another one where they're all supposed to be like actors, too. Yeah, yep. all supposed to be uh, uh, out-of-work actors. They're like all playing the Kings and an HLPA and then uh, go to Vegas. But we're getting sidetracked from the L.A. as the uh, sad sack. I guess, can I give you another classic 90s sad sack? You know where I'm going? I don't know. But uh, uh, the wedding singer, Sandler, Sandler and the oh, wedding singer. For sure. Totally distraught. Yeah, totally distraught by his recent breakup. Ironically enough, happens to be the leader of a wedding band, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> but uh, then, of course, the turn with the, him meeting uh, Barrymore on the train, uh, on the uh, plane rather, at the end. So it's a, it's it's a whirlwind of emotions from Sandler, but. I'll- Keep with your 90s theme. I had something else I was going to say, but keep it with the 90s breakup theme. And especially like the sad sack in a – it's one of the subplots in 200 Cigarettes. But in 200 Cigarettes, Paul Rudd is all butthurt about okay. just getting, broken up, getting <laughs> yep. broken up with. And in the most 90s twist ever, the girl that's trying to like cheer him up is Courtney Love. But then when you find out the girl that broke up with him when he runs into his ex and it's Janine Garofalo, <laughs> it's – <laughs> it could be more 90s. Yeah, like, seriously. Long-haired Paul Rudd all upset about getting dumped by Janine Garofalo. Yeah, yeah. When he's, yeah for, um, for Garofalo being hotter than Courtney Cox for 10 minutes in the world. It was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> also in the 90s vein of it. I mean, is, Courtney uh, Love, really. John, John Cusack's High Fidelity. Okay, yes. Definitely had it on the list. But, uh, Where he works at the record store and makes all of his top five lists. But exactly. Very, I was gonna say all the mixtapes. Exactly. I guess just, me and you are really calling ourselves like, out for just being total nineties because everything we're talking about is so nineties. But uh, I'll keep it uh, more modern. Then I'll go with uh, another classic breakup movie would be uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay, definitely great call. 
Great call. All kind sorts of, of uh, uh, cameos in that one as well, as of course. Yeah. Uh, kind of the... put Russell Brand on the scene. Russell Brand, here. that's of course. He really steals the show. But then also Bill Hader, who's like doing a, 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 a Coronaville style webcast character the whole time. Right. Like him yeah. and his girlfriend are always there, like a web chatting with them, making fun of them. Yeah. But who is that? So that's. Uh, 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 Jason who's, Siegel. Yeah, Jason Siegel is the – oh, yeah, he's the sad sack in that one, right? Correct, yeah. Okay, and then he's who the brings sack. him to Hawaii uh, where Sarah Marshall is on her, like, getaway retreat for it all? Yeah, he meets Mila Kunis. Kristen Bell is his ex. Yep. Uh, Jonah Hill is, like, the bellboy or, like, the waiter at the restaurant. Yes, great, great uh, character for Jonah Hill. But what brings him out there again? I forget. Uh, he's just going on like a vacation to. I think they were supposed to go on vacation together, and he just goes anyway to like relax. Okay, yeah. Over with. And then she's there, uh, randomly there, with like her current boyfriend or something, or the guy that he left Russell her Brand. for. Huh? Yeah, she's there with Russell Brand, his her new boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the uh... And again, Paul Rudd is the surf instructor. All right, good call. Another character, another Paul Rudd uh, uh, break. Who would have thunk Paul Rudd in a rom-com? But... <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> uh, got, I got a niche. I guess if you're going to give me one from more modern times, I'll give you one from more uh, classic times. But classic, you know, a breakup, a, a, a jilted love story to me, but how about Annie Hall? Great Woody Allen classic where he's right, kind of sure, like I mean... – like doing stand up about his shitty ro- like his shitty romance life. Absolutely, I mean that's kind of like the quintessential, almost like the original marriage story. Kind of would be Annie <laughs> Yeah, I mean in a lot of ways, definitely. Really? But de- yeah, definitely very uh, cathartic, you know, from uh, from Woody Allen. But uh, Diane Keaton, oh. Carol Kane, both with great roles in that one. For sure. I'll kind of go back to the 90s. Now, I've never actually seen this one, but, I mean, you can't think of a, a breakup movie without thinking of how, how old Stella got her groove back. <laughs> All right, great call. <laughs> I think I did. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it on, like, E! Network or whatever back in the day. But that was uh, as well. We were talking about it on a recent episode, but a, a, a 90s phenomenon was how Stella <laughs> got a groove back. <laughs> Um, I think there's another, I guess I'll kick it back to the 80s a little bit, but uh, another classic, really dark, dark comedy, and actually directed by Danny DeVito, and he actually plays a divorce lawyer, but it's The War of the Roses. Okay, great Turner call, and yes. Michael Douglas, where yes. they're the divorced couple fighting over the house, and to give you a Bradley Cooper spoiler alert, is they both end up killing each other at the end of this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, big spoiler alert there. But yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, classic, a breakup movie, but you're right, definitely kind of gets overshadowed by the crazy ending when, like, you're, when you think or talk about that movie, but a definite, uh, uh, breakup-fueled movie. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I guess for me, another, uh, a classic one, but I guess in the same theme that you had brought up with Stella Got a Grooveback, one that I have never seen, however, one that, uh, I, I think you have seen, because you've brought it up before, when we talked about this story, but uh, so I was I was saving it. Surprising you didn't bring it up. But Kramer versus Kramer. I I just like of know of that as the official divorce movie. However, never have seen it myself. So Meryl Streep, Dustin Hoffman, very much similar plot to this, where the whole it's basically a whole custody battle. 
Except this one, you're definitely more on Dustin Hoffman's side in Kramer versus Kramer because Meryl Streep leaves them okay, and she leaves the kid with him. And then, like, a year or so later, she comes back and she's like, look, I want custody of the kid, too. And okay, that's when they wow. go to court in the big custody battle. So Interesting. you're definitely more in Dustin Hoffman's side on this one. So just right but, off the uh, bat, a lot more, like, dramatized, you know, puts a lot more, like, sure. stakes in it. This one is definitely more of a... Like we said, down the middle. All right, so I've got, a, I got, I just got a couple more, and they're both uh, a little bit more contemporary. And one of them is a geeked up pick that we really should have uh, uh, touched on. Although I don't think me and you, and Stella got a groove back fashion. I don't think me and you have seen the most recent Harley Quinn story, Birds of Prey, where her and the Joker break up. And then the whole, then the whole point of the movie is uh, Harley Quinn's post uh, post Joker breakup. I mean, that's a breakup tale, no? Okay, I'm going to be honest. Just last week, I watched this movie. Oh, did you really? I really. All right. Well, spoiler alert or teaser alert there for the next geeked up episode. We're definitely going to get into this, but I will. I will. I didn't hate it. All right. I mean. uh... Uh, how did you how, how did you like my Holly Quinn accent anyway? Was that good? Uh, I mean, I knew exactly what you were talking about <laughs> the second one. Mystic <laughs> Jay. But uh, I guess another kind of geeky one that I'll just bring up because it's actually a great flick and it's got a, uh, a geeked up fan favorite in the movie, even though he isn't being his usual comedic self. But, uh, you know, a paparazzi friend of yours is in this movie, Elijah Wood. But it's kind of sunshine of the spotless mind with Jim Carrey. Oh, great is, call. Uh, pretty tripped out movie where he and him and his girlfriend up and he's getting this procedure done where they're removing all memories of her out of his mind so it's kind of got a sci-fi twist on it yes so a lot of the movie takes place in jim carrey's mind and then like halfway through he decides he doesn't want to forget her so it's a really tripped out movie yeah, but it's very all-time classic for uh, what's up i'm sorry i just totally spoke over you what would you say no, I mean, I pretty much got it. I mean, essentially, at its core, is really a breakup movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But really, uh, uh, Jim Carrey probably at his, like, dramatic finest. And I'd say at that point, he had, like, done dramatic and, and movies, but really, like, a, uh, a, a, a great role for Jim Carrey. For sure. Yeah, and a big favorite of mine is this in general. It's a great movie. Yeah, it really, really is. Like you said, it's like a, a psychedelic kind of twist on the whole thing, a sci-fi, a sci-fi twist on the whole thing. Definitely like a psychedelic, like a, a, a memento kind of feel almost, you know. And I'm sure. I mean, that's pretty much my list. I'm sure there's somewhere forgetting. I've got a big one. I've got a. I've got a big one to close us out with. Actually, kind okay. of stretching. I'm legally blonde. It's recent. No, it's a little bit more recent, and I'm kind of stretching because they weren't technically married. However, big breakup between uh, uh, Exotic Joe and Carol Baskins in the whole Tiger King feud. <laughs> <laughs> Although, or I guess no, Carol Baskins. Uh, Carol Baskins and her husband, anyway. Or the, is the big breakup, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no more big of a breakup than uh, feeding your husband to a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Joe Exotic and Carol Baskins, they, it was more of a falling out. They were really never business partners, but I figured I wanted to get a, 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 a Netflix and chat Tiger King plug, and I just can't stop talking about it. So if we're talking yeah, about... No, and fair enough. If we're talking about I mean, men, and, uh, men and women going at each other, my head goes to Exotic Joe. 
I guess the other big breakup in that movie is where Joe Exotic's husband shoots himself in the head to get the <laughs> fuck out of there. Yeah, Joe Exotic breaks up with two husbands. Carol uh, Carol Baskins kills her uh, kills her husband. Uh, although Jeff so, Lowe going strong. Although we're getting sidetracked, but yeah, no, that was uh, pretty much all of my breakup. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some that we're forgetting. And if you want to email us in, you know, email us in at the geeked up podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what breakup movies we were forgetting. And of course, if you join us in our Zoom room party chat uh, tomorrow night, feel free to uh, mention some breakup movies that we might have forgot. Yes, yes, we'll be asking for some uh, asking for some breakup movies as well as well like we mentioned uh, the other episode, but uh, favorite rednecks as well. Uh, on this, on, mm-hmm. on upcoming Zoom room, so definitely be on the lookout for our Facebook page tomorrow to get all the info uh, for the Zoom room. And every Friday night, check the Facebook uh, for our Zoom room ID code and come hang with the Geeked Up Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It should be a good one. But I guess that would be it for our closer look, which would bring us to then our official review uh, rating of Marriage Story. Yep, yep. And I guess I'll kick it off because Liam's is a whole five prior, uh, project. <laughs> and now, I guess if I was in studio, I would have had a surprise where I would have used the soundbite of Adam Driver going, I wish you would fucking die. <laughs> because that's how I felt. I was just ready for the movie to end. But I'll give it a, I don't know, a Netflix and time to lawyer up. <laughs> that's, that's my official the... really review was it is I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? It was ran a little long. Definitely a lot could been cut out. But I think, and again, for just a movie where the subject is so uh, just kind of sour and depressing, the acting for it, like we talked, about, really carried me through it. Where I never really looked away. I never really lost interest, which I say a lot. But I was in it for the whole time. I guess I started tuning out when. I, Adam Driver starts singing random Steven Sondheim songs. Yeah, that was a weird was twist. Like, and at that point, you're already two hours in. But you're definitely right. And it's definitely all interesting. All, I, Sorry, go ahead. I said, all in all, I, re- I, I liked it. I think the uh, the awards were well-deserved. The nominations were well-deserved. I think uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, which is a, kind of a good basis on it, the Rotten Tomatoes rating. I think uh, the critics, or not so much the critics, but the, the People's Award, the 85%. A solid I think that's B. a fair rating for the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting what you said as well. It's kind of just like piggyback on a little bit, but like just given the content and the nature of the movie, like you can only, I feel, like it so much to an extent, you know, because it just is such a depressing, like they're going out of their way to give you kind of like, you know, treacherous, uh, uh, depressing experience. So that being said, for making a movie like that, like you said, it's definitely real watchable. It keeps you engaged and all that the whole time. So from that standpoint, it's definitely like real good, you know. But I, yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't have any like rewatchable like rewatchability. Um, yeah, for sure. No, for sure. Like this is a movie that I know I will never see again. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, I guess that'll maybe lead me into my uh, uh, review a little bit. But of course, I give you the four part. Uh, the four-part review here, where if I like it, I give it a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah! <laughs> if I uh, uh, didn't like it, I give it a David Allen Greer, Damon Wayans, Men on Films. Hated it. All right. If I uh, if I really really liked it, I give it a Rudy's Dad. 
This is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. And I guess uh, last week's Tiger King, our first Rudy's dad. Do we go back to back? Uh, and then, of course, if I really, really didn't like it, I give it the Nick Cage from Mandy. There it is. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, so, uh, and I guess, for me, uh, for my official review of the marriage story, I'm giving it a Nick Cage horror scream. Yes, as uh, uh, like I like I just mentioned a little bit in Devin's review, this is kind of a weird one because I'm not. It's it's not necessarily that the movie is so bad, and there's definitely a lot of redeeming uh, qualities to it. Like Devin said, the uh, Laura Dern award I would feel was totally just uh, being such a memorable you know character. The uh, uh, Adam Driver and ScarJo characters were both really really impressive work. Uh, 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 as actors, however, uh, that only is going to carry you so much. And just in terms of like my personal uh, thoughts and feelings of the movie, uh, if it wasn't for the podcast, I would have definitely got the divorce. I would have definitely divorced this fucking movie halfway through. And that's a major <laughs> barometer for me, where I only finished it off because of the podcast. You know, if not yeah. an hour in, I would have been like, all right, great acting, but I'm going to go do something entertaining in my life. Uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, so, uh, and then basically another thing to kind of, like you said, just in terms of like rewatchability, I mean, like, I just can't really imagine a- anybody like really, really liking this movie. You know what I mean? Like, I like who, like who owns this on Blu-ray and wants to fucking like ever <laughs> see this, like, ever have anything to do with this again. So just from that standpoint, it's like, yeah, it was good acting or whatnot. But for me, uh, in terms of ever thinking about this movie again, or even thinking about it halfway through. I'm going Nick Cage horror scream. That's fucking hilarious. I guess in just uh, fairness, you did say all the way back when we were still trying to watch all the Oscar movies, that this was the one you least looked forward to watching that you might even skip. Okay, great call. This was the one I, I said that I, I would definitely not watch this one this year. However, uh, we second thought. We had second thoughts just for like the geeked up uh, for the Netflix and chat Oscar bait. So uh, uh, definitely didn't. It just looked like it was going to be a boring, depressing drama. You know what I mean? And just uh, like and uh, like I said, it was very well executed in being like a negative, depressing, you know, uh, heavy kind of movie. So I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. However, I'd rather watch one of fucking stupid drivers, shitty indie plays off off Broadway plays than this fucking movie. So I got to go Nick Cage horror scream on it. Wow! Wow! <laughs> however, break Very... however breakthrough performance from Leota, who's officially back. I must say, he kind of it reminded me of a uh, Dice Clay in Star Is Born, where it's like, all right, we have uh, 
We have for a- sure. I mean, if we were going to do the kitschy questions, my sequel would have been a Better Call Saul-esque spinoff of just uh, Ray Liotta's lawyer as another movie and just watching yeah. him sleaze back all these divorce cases. Yes, great call. <laughs> Sleazy shenanigans of Liotta, who eventually uh, has some affair with Dern as, as based on their little creepy I mean, conversation. Yeah. But uh, uh, you find out that they're actually married. That he, he's her new boyfriend. I know mentioned. it's all a scam in there. Yeah, I guess that would be our official reviews. Then another shocking Mandy scream from Liam, no less. <laughs> I mean, but uh, I guess that leaves us. You had to. I mean, you had to see it coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I expected a man on film. I didn't expect a Mandy scream, <laughs> but you, you make solid points for it. I, you justified it for me at least. I myself didn't hate the movie. I could almost go as far as to say I liked it. I probably would have given it a stone cold on my end. But, <laughs> you know, that's why we do these things. Yes. But with that in the bag, then, I'd say the only thing, speaking of things in the bag, the only thing we have left to do here is to find out what's in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> but unfortunately, Brad, thanks again for screaming at us. But uh, since we are doing these from, uh, you know, isolation and can't be there to actually pick out of the box, you know, special times call for special measures. So we're yeah. going to do another golden ticket. To ensure, because, that, uh, uh, to ensure that I don't cheat, uh, which yeah, I guess yeah, exactly. is a big, uh, uh, actually, before Devin does unveil the golden ticket, I do have to real quick. I did give a big teaser uh, on the most recent Geeked Up show about a potential, uh, about, about, about something. And I want to throw it in a potential golden ticket territory, okay? Uh, but I gave, you, uh, I gave you a teaser that I had major Urkel news. And, <laughs> and Netflix debuting, I think, available now on Netflix, but brand new sitcom starring uh, the big show from, of course, Big LW's fave WWE. But the Big Show and Urkel are apparently uh, starring in a new Netflix sitcom, which is uh, getting a major golden ticket vote on my book. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't get Stupid well, Barnes to agree to watch it all before uh, before the upcoming episode. So we're going to give you something else. However, what we should yeah, be watching what, is movie, the Urkel Big if it Show. Was a movie and not a TV show. You'd stand a better chance. <laughs> That's true. We can't sit through all well, through uh, like 22 episodes of this fucking thing. But I, I I'm like definitely going to watch an yeah. episode or two and give you like an early trailer report anyway on the uh, uh, upcoming Geeked Up podcast. So, In those first two episodes, there's one, did I do that, then we'd watch it. <laughs> one, did I do that, or one hilarious 90s wrestler cameo. I'm in. I'm... <laughs> But I guess the going ticket this one just kind of keeping out with like what's kind of new on Netflix and things are coming out. And this one looks, I don't know, hilariously bad. It might be hilariously good because it's directed by Peter Berg, who has, does have some good action movies underneath him. But we're going to be watching Mac Wahlberg's Spencer Confidential. Yes, the latest Mac Wahlberg classic. Uh, for no other reason than, we, than me and Devin want to do goofy Boston accents for an entire episode. But sure. uh, as well, like you said, uh, kind of hot on the presses. And uh, uh, as we get you through, as we take you through life in Cronenville, we're going to be trying to stick with the hotter, newer, uh, 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 more exciting things on Netflix. 
as opposed to your XOXOs of the world. So <laughs> yeah. the uh, 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 recent Mark Wahlberg classic, definitely uh, definitely you, a good one for us. Yeah, rated R, hour 51 minutes, action comedy crime. And then when two Boston police officers are murdered, ex-cop Spencer teams up with his no-nonsense roommate, Hawk, to take down <laughs> criminals. So, come on. Nice, yeah. It sounds like a winner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds like Spencer a... Spencer Hawk is going to be the new Briggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> sounds like, definitely sounds like Netflix and chat uh, fodder as well. We definitely uh, also want some golden ticket votes on our uh, uh, upcoming Zoom room which we talked about a couple minutes ago, that we're also going to be taking your favorite rednecks and favorite breakup movies. But as well, we want your opinion on some uh, uh, upcoming Netflix and chat, uh, upcoming Netflix and chat golden tickets to go down. Correct. Yeah, give us some suggestions. What do you want us to watch and review? And also, like we're saying, the Zoom room that code will be out every Friday morning. So everyone can take a look at that and join in with our conversation. That yep. We want everybody in here. Every Friday, uh, check the book, uh, Geeked Up Facebook. Geek, uh, check the book, Geeked Up Podcast on Facebook, and we'll be uh, putting out the code. And then every Friday night, Correct. we'll be hosting the Zoom Room. If you don't have Facebook, if you're not on the book, uh, uh, hit us up at thegeekeduppodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get you the uh, all the pertinent info for our Geeked Up Zoom room. Yeah, you can also always shoot us a message on SoundCloud also. Yes, hit us up on the cloud, on the book. But uh, And then this week as well, we are going live from 8 to 8.30. All right, so it is a, a, a live, a timed thing. So prompt, so be prompt. Uh, this coming up Friday, April 17th, 8 o'clock. For the Eastern Geeked Up Standard Zoom Time, Room, Eastern Standard Time, of course, but uh, uh, for the Geeked Up Zoom Room. Uh, of course, look back to all the last couple Coronaville episodes of the Geeked Up Podcast. Of course, the last Tiger King episode of Netflix and Chat. But that's going to be it for this Netflix and Chat, the marriage story. Um, so I'm Devin Bond, that's Liam Whalen. And of course, we got to leave you with a little classic Randy Newman. <laughs>
Y'all, this is Mr. Wu Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, and I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo!